Welcome to Snatch Season 3. This season, Umar and I will be diving into the third season of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Umar, can you believe it's Season 3 already? I mean, 3 is the magic number, and I'm feeling magical. I love it. Let's fire away. Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's on this week's episode, the top five queens raced against time to serve not one, but three looks on the runway for the Miss Fugly Beauty pageant. Okay, Umar, Ooms. I know we've spoken a little bit about this off podcast, but I really, 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 really enjoyed this episode. Loved it. I'm glad you did. I'm <laughs> glad you did. And you had a lovely time. I thought it was a good episode. No, you um, didn't. <laughs> you need to start being bugly. I thought it was good. I think it was just very hodgepodge. Okay. A bit chaotic and didn't really see the sense of it all. Did you not like how they switched up? Couldn't no. I? <sighs> I think the one thing, this is the thing, right? Drag takes time, not hours and hours. I get it, there's production schedules and stuff, but I just don't understand why you added a timer and extra level of stress, but then still critiquing runway looks and makeups and all that stuff on the same level. I just didn't get the logistics of it, but I'm just a Capricorn that is just too pragmatic. I think it was quite practical. Actually, just because you never know in the real world when a drag queen's gonna have to run from one gig to the next, change your makeup, do this, that, the other. Um, no, because I think it was the first time in the mini challenges where they do quick drag, it was basically quick drag but extended. Okay, well, I liked it. Um, it was the kind of episode that actually made me feel really excited afterwards. Like, usually when I watch TV in bed, you know what I'm like, I just kind of zonk off to sleep. But I felt like a new lease for life. Like, it made me just happy. Adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah. I I think, okay, I'm being too harsh on it. I think it was fine. But also, I do believe the timer wasn't realistic. Because how are you meant to sit there and talk about emotional stories and stuff like that and do your makeup all in 30 minutes? Like, I think it wasn't. I loved it. I thought it brought us something new, all right? Everyone says week after week, RuPaul switched up and RuPaul switched up. So here you go. Just be happy that we got something different for once. We can't have the same Michigan every goddamn week. Okay, great. So, first category <laughs> was fugly swimwear, and the queens had to get in full drag in 69 minutes. And I didn't know what the next categories were going to be. This was good. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was good. I really liked Crystal Versace. Right, my problem with this look, I, I mean, I think it was great and different for Crystal. It wasn't given swimwear for me. Like, it was given fugly, absolutely, creature from the lagoon, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't getting swimwear from it. Yeah, but then you can say the same thing with Charity Case's leopard look. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's do or no, die. You were, you were defending that look. Yeah, I was defending that look. <laughs> what I'm saying is, on the criteria scale, mm. what's the recipe for success? Literal or out of the box? Yeah, I just think when compared to Vanity, Kitty, Scarlet, and Ella, that you could tell theirs was swimwear. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think on the whole, it was all right. Yeah, I mean, it was all right. I think Kitty shined really, didn't she? She was the kind of the one who stood out for me. I think, uh, yeah, and I think Kitty all throughout the runways. I think it was the character development. Yeah, performance. Also, can I just say I felt brutally attacked. On that runway. 
Oh. <laughs> Do you know why? Confide in us. Ella, the day, for her thugly look, she chose to include a gap tooth. As if gap tooth people are thugly. Oh. I mean, and as someone with a gap tooth, I feel really attacked. Oh, babe. Um, no gap tubes. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Uh, no, gap tubes are, are chic. Yes, I know. But yeah, it, it's funny, isn't it? Glasses, braces, and gap tubes are, I think yeah. it's cultural appropriation at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think swimwear, all in all, was okay. Yeah. But then I thought vanity, for example, right? That actually gave me buggery. It gave me well, it was. <laughs> So again, they were like, but where's the fashion? It's just a hard one. Because yeah. even Ugly Betty references, you know, when we were young and watched Ugly Betty. We still watch Ugly we Betty. We still yeah. watch Ugly Betty. We were like, oh my God, like at the time we were like, oh my God, what's this? Now they said it on the judging panel, Gucci's runway is all that it's garish all changed. Stuff. It's all changed. So what well. is ugly? I don't know. Fashion's very tumultuous. It you seems. know? Wait, no, actually, I need to say something else as well. And, uh, the, do you know what? The negative Nancy of whatever week we were negative Nancy is about to return, okay? Okay, go on. <laughs> Nancy's walked into the room. Okay, so you know how I was like, okay, 51% of this company, oh my God, how many times can we hear it? <laughs> Again, it happened this week. Not with 51% of this company, but happened with, thank you, Dr. Zismore. How many times can we hear it? I don't it? get that reference. Uh, it's a surgery thing, isn't it? Like, oh, a surgery. Thank you, Dr. Zismore, for my surgery. They've said it so many, so many, so many times. I didn't... You're not, you didn't catch that? No, no, no didn't. So we're Okay, well, on. yeah, we move, we move. Sorry. Um, so the next category was charity shop looks, and you had to incorporate at least five items. We had special guest star, charity shop Sue, a very important lady. For you, I... Yeah, I could take you or leave it. Really? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know how I felt. I love Charity Shop Sue. And, and as you know, she's a stylist in Milan and Paris. She's a stylist, Vanity Milan. But again, it was just, I don't know. I I was pissing myself purely because the queens are racing against the clock, racing against time. Well, know? this is where we, and this is where we saw, I think, the bottoms and the tops emerging in this round, I think. Oh my God, yeah. Sue... Bless her. I was just dying at how she was <laughs> distracted at every opportunity. Because if you think about it, this is her time to shine on Drag Race, yeah. right? So she, she can't just stand there doing fuck all. And Crystal Versace's running around trying to put on a new mug and Kitty's doing this with that. And oh, I just thought it was so funny how they were like, shut up. So yeah, they were like, shut, shut up. up. I'm trying to do my freaking look. <laughs> um, I think on this round, for me, I, um, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to Kitty, actually. The, the Scooby-Doo reference of Velma and Daphne. Yeah. With the little cardigan and the little bow neck thing. I think that looks quite... That looks chic. And she shouted out Sarah Michelle Gellar. And as you know, I was screaming at my screen for that. Thank you, Kitty. That's what we need. I think she actually, if I feel the time I wear it, it's... Yeah. She, I think for me, Fugly is, right? Go on. Fugly... I think it's something that just wouldn't look good on everyone. Like, it's an item of clothing or a look or just a garish look that if you wear it with confidence and pride and sass, you make a fugly garment look expensive and good. So that's, I think, the brief. Are you referring to the 
gorgeous Mr. Potato Head shirt that we have in the office. No, um, that's a very niche and sensitive topic. Um, <laughs> that, but basically, I wore a Mr. Potato Head um, t-shirt. No shirt that I actually really liked. Um, and then our editorial director, Lois Corner, um, literally was a virgin on verbal warning. Um, and lo and behold, that shirt has now been banned. But, moving on to the topic, I think Kitty Phil Simon, hell of a day for me. I wasn't, I wasn't sold on the outfit. I think it literally looked... Oh, I loved it. She looked like Hogwarts Professor. No, I With did... the purple air and the long gown. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it kind of, yeah. I think Scarlett and Kitty, I'm agree with the judges. Um, they fell, they fell flat on that. Yeah, they could have just done more with what they had, you yeah. know. And then vanity as well. I'm gonna okay. I know it sounds really mm. nitpicky. She went for the orange, and then she justified it, being like, "Oh, you think you said orange is a good color on me, so I took your critique." And I'm like, if that was any other queen or series, that could easily have gone. Why are you wearing orange again? True. You know I, mean? I think maybe she got a pass because it's three different looks, so it's not just the sole look she was presenting that yeah. week. Yeah. I just think it was safe in my eyes. Oh, I quite liked it. I liked her Nini Leaks reference. I thought okay. she looked really fierce. I thought that colour looked gorgeous on her. Okay, well, to be honest, I'd give all of them a pass because when you've got charity shops to yapping in your ear, I'd be like, oh, you're not going to... Excuse me, lady. No, I can't Excuse do it. You do um, it. You try and do it. No, I don't want to. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was cute. It was a cute thing. And... It was fun to see Crystal meet her snatch game. Yeah. Correct to that one. Yeah. All right, Omar, let's take an ad break, shall we? We'll be back after this to discuss the fugly but fashionable final category and the epic lip sync smackdown. Ew, okay. Okay, Umar, let's get serious for a second. Here in the UK, our trans siblings and marginalised communities are facing severe attacks in the right-wing press. I know, I'm just sick of seeing this. The lies, the hate, the spill, it all just has to stop. Exactly. Media Watch is a new six-part Gay Times original podcast series that dissects, analyzes, and critiques the way LGBTQ plus issues are reported on in the mainstream media. And calls out that bullshit. So if you're scared to dabble in politics, don't worry. This podcast will teach you a thing or two. Speak it, Umar. Speak it. Each episode, host Shah Miyasani is joined by a special guest to look at the ways the press use misinformation to discriminate against LGBTQ plus people. If you want to explore the truth behind the headlines, Subscribe and listen to Media Watch now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You better click on that link. <laughs> and we are back. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Let's get fugly. Let's get fugly. So the final category was fugly but fashionable. Tell me, what kind of look do you think? qualifies for fugly but fashionable so i think fugly is similar to camp right okay it's got to be outrageous it's got to be absolutely narcissistically bonkers like myrtle snow from american horror story myrtle snow right. but even more like oh. think something that is just so element of repulsiveness but then also you're like commending the bravery of the wearer to wear it I think that is what you call fugly. Sometimes what Gaga wears then, maybe. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But also, we were saying this when walking down the road the other day. Were we? Everyone, <laughs> if you're listening, do a social experiment. If, you're if you walk down the road, we are in London, but I don't know if it's geographically 
Don't give them our postcodes. Okay, whatever. These fans um, can be crazy, okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> you ain't got a bodyguard just uh, yet. But everyone down the street, if you walk, always wears black and blue and dark colours. Oh. You were rocking a nice little lime green, lime green Shrek-inspired <laughs> Bourge fleece puffer jacket. Mm-hmm. And you stood out like a sore thumb. And yeah. I would say people think that's buckly. I think that's bravery. <laughs> wow. Well, you came from Mr. Potato. No, yeah, no, tr- no, but he didn't actually burn the Mr. Potato shirt. I've actually got it. Yeah, you took it because you're um, a brave wearer. Yeah. But, but no, I, I see I see what you mean, though. Yeah, maybe some people would think like a lime green ensemble would be fugly. So yeah, maybe it's not like about the pattern or the construction. Sometimes yeah. it can even be the colour, right? I think it's literally just a case of like causing a scene and people thinking, oh God, I wouldn't wear that. But then mm. it's, I think it takes effort and bravery to be fugly. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> say it again, Omar. It takes effort and bravery to be fugly. Praise I think it was an obvious direction to do the ugly Betty, geeky, chic kind of thing. But Kitty, I think, looked the most. Really? I mean, I loved everything she did. But I think out of all five queens, was it the most stylish? I don't... Yeah, actually true. But also, do you know what? A left comment, but do you remember Trixie Mattel? Yes. In the All Stars Spice Girls oh. Challenge? Oh, no, no. Definitely. Where she's got the pink hair, the glasses. Oh, right, yeah. It gave me a little bit of that, like, geek chic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually like Kitty's model, I'll be honest. I actually I actually loved what Kitty wore, but I'm just not sure if it, it fulfilled the but fashionable bit. Yeah. But also, I got her Gucci reference with the cat. And the slogan teeth and oh, stuff. See, I wouldn't have a bloody clue. But I think what made it more fugly is if she got like outrageous sequins mm. and like tacky ribbons and stuff and really made it like a grandma's mm. glitterified doily or something. Yeah. Do you know, I think Ella did this one perfectly actually with the pink plaid moment. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I loved it. It was fashionable, but not many people wear that. It was fugly. Yeah. It was pink plaid. Yeah, and the chaps and the waterfall shoulder. Yeah. It was it was it was a sight for sore eyes. Mm. I'm gonna be controversial. I didn't think Crystal Versace was any element of ugly. I think no. that was fashion. Yeah, I agree. I loved everything she did. You know what I'm like for colours? Yeah. I thought it was all absolutely stunning, gorgeous. One of my favourite looks this season, I will yeah. say. I will Pop say up. that. But fugly, no. Yeah. No, it wasn't fugly at all. I think that even Michelle was like, it's very, I don't know who she mentioned. It was like Moschino and another designer. And it is very that. I think it was beautiful. It was stunning. What do you think of Vanity? I think she looked the most beautiful she's looked the whole season. Again, I'm not a fashion expert, but I'm just not a fan of... There was a lot of material there, and I... I don't know. Ugh, I don't know. You, I, th- you, I think you it shrunk her. I think what would have made it really fugly and fashion is if the hem was raised just to hit, just to hit above her ankles and she wore like big platform buffalo shoes. So then it looks like she's a walking triangle. I think that would have been really camp and a little bit of like, okay, what are you doing? I'm glad you mentioned hem. I was absolutely going to mention the, the hem. hem. The I just hem. think, but she looked gorgeous in the face and the hair. And yeah. then that leads us to Scarlet Harlow. Not fashion. Yeah, it was fugly. It was Bianca, Bianca meets Michelle Visage, right? Yeah, I just think it was Bianca. 
But I loved the campiness and ridiculousness of it. I appreciated what she was doing. I really yeah. liked it. It was very yummy mummy East End. She should have shouted, Rick, Rick, Ricky, Ricky. Yeah. I don't know how I felt about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I like the concept, I like the story. I like the actual look. I think if it was like yummy mummy is a theme. Oh, then she would have aced it. Yummy yeah, Mummy abs- should actually be a theme of really should. Oh my god, Uma, that's really good. Because have they ever done like pregnancy bellies and like they they have done a pregnancy runway? Actually, have they? I feel like they were like yeah, yeah. Season four, they had to come out pregnant. You know, when when Latrice and Kenya. Oh yeah. Did the lip sync? They should do like a Yummy Mummy like runway with yeah. strollers or something. But we digress. <laughs> we digress. But on the whole, do you think Kitty? Was the standout winner for you? I do, yeah. I mean, there were some people in some categories I think maybe did the assignment better, like we just mentioned, but I think overall she was the most consistent. All three of her looks were so enjoyable. She brought so much love, light and positivity to that runway. Yeah, I do as well. And I think also what I'm sensing is everyone's tired. Knackered. I'm sensing everyone's knackered. So even Kitty exploding in like, just went about. Oh my god, I love that moment. I love that's why we love Kitty, right? Because if you're on that main, you know, so many queens just go, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was on that main stage. I'd be like, No, you're shitting me. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I've got a bad. I'll be ah. scream. And I think she injects yeah. positivity in the room because you can tell everyone's kind of feeling a little also yeah. running a freaking obstacle course like that. You are <laughs> knackered. Fucking triathlon. I think the untapped moment was the first time where I just saw all of the queens being like <laughs> We're done. We ain't got much there. <laughs> so oh why am I actually like Yeah you're taking the reins on Well I'm trying to steer this shit. <laughs> um you can represent the fugly and I'll represent the fashion. Um so Kitty takes the win, but that means Scarlett Harlow and um, Bunny Milan are in the bottom two. Yes, and I absolutely loved, loved, loved this. I mean, scandalous! I'm pretty sure we've asked for some mystique over these past few months as snatched co-hosts. We have. And the fact that it was done in front of Alicia Dixon herself... It was amazing. Viewers, listeners, you don't even need us dissecting it. Just Google it. It was... Vanity Man just showed the dolls how to do it. She demolished. She completely destroyed... I mean, Scarlet put up a good fight, but it was Vanity's song. But also, it's just, like... Vanity, like, when she did the stomp with her mm. foot, I felt my TV screen was, like, shaking. <laughs> like, it was forceful, was impactful. And I love how... It was one of the first times in forever where I feel like the, she was really not trying to impress the judges. She was trying to impress Alicia Dixon. She, it was like she didn't give a flying fuck about RuPaul, Michelle, yeah. and Alan. Alan. Um, she was like, Alicia, this is for you, babe. And but that's when she left her. She's like, one time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed Vanity. And I think... Three times in the bottom is not an easy place to crawl yeah. out of. And what I will say... And what you will say... <laughs> is that I think Vanity Milan has now cemented her status as the best lip sync in Drag Race UK history. She has demolished every single lip sync she's been in. I really think... And also, I, I just think if Vanity gets to the final or wh- whatever placement Vanity lands, I just hope... 
we see that energy and confidence interjected into every element of her drag. Because we yes. know when the pressure's on and it's time to perform. I would show up to a Vanity Milan show. Oh, abs- I'm buying my tickets. I'm buying my tickets. I'm getting front row seats. We are. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I do need to interject here again. I'm so sorry. But Alicia Dixon. Oh, my. Oh, Alicia. Alicia, I love you. She was, I've said this two weeks in a row now, but I'm saying it for sure now. Alicia was the best, hands down, the best judge in Drag Race history throughout all 20 million fucking seasons because she got involved with every single queen. She gave great critiques and the way she was up there, rapping to her own song, Scandalous, egging vanity on. Loved it. I I got so much joy from watching her watch that performance. I agree. I think Alicia's a veteran judge on UK TV, so... Yeah. She deserves permanent judge status. I'm going to just go out there and say it. Oh, actually, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Brilliant. Definitely added a new flavour. And also, like I said, we both said this, the energy in the room at this point of the competition always... You can feel... Yeah the wear and tear and you are tired so her and kitty for me this episode really yeah. did elevate the positivity which is always good to see. so much joy so much so much joy and this is i think they're the main reasons why i love the episode so much they changed everything for me so well that being said <laughs> scarlet yeah scarlet got the chop and do you know what she left on a high because she participated in one of the best lip syncs ever yeah and i think she kind of sensed it in during the lip sync that the time's up now because I remember, I think it's Katia, I was watching her and Trixie talk about it. And sometimes they were like, in the competition, everyone has a cut-off point where it's like, I'm, I've done it. Like, I'm tired now. I've, I've done mm-hmm. it. And I think it's good to see Scarlett very positive and content, even mm-hmm. though it is disheartening and disappointing. She left very graciously and was like, you know what, I brought comedy to the show. We can't deny she brought a lot of good narration and sound bites and she left on a high which is really great considering why am i rambling but considering the last couple of weeks have been quite tense for her yeah well scarlet if you want a free therapy session <laughs> just ring me honey are you ready to hear from scarlet umar yeah go on click play yeah well here i speak to scarlet about the challenge and her tumultuous few weeks in a competition don't go anywhere get ready for all the tea I wanted to congratulate you because you've made the top five of Drag Race UK season three. So tell me, how does that feel? It is wild beyond imagine. You know, obviously you filmed this show months ago and you sit on it and you sit on it. Mm. (laughs) I wish, no. You sit on it and you think, I can't believe that I made it to the top five. And even watching it, it still doesn't register that the gravity of the fact that I'm in the top five of RuPaul's Drag Race UK is... It's so monumental for my career that it almost is too much to fathom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm just like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Next job. Another club. Another <laughs> club. Plane. Douche. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Just, yeah, no, just for me. Hotel. Douche. No, anyway. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I can't remember what I was saying, but... This episode was truly like no other. I mean, I was stressed watching it and I'm just a viewer. I mean, seriously, has there ever been an episode of Drag Race that requires this much stamina? 
No, honestly, and I am the laziest person. You ask anyone, I'm the laziest person on earth. And when you hear RuPaul in that tannoy, I swear to God, it put you feel your testicles rise so far up your body out of pure fear that you don't even need to get into drag anymore. It's just frightening. So, yeah, and I don't think they've ever done an episode where the runway is on the same day. And I'm glad that people are enjoying it because I've seen that, like, it's, it's just something different for Drag Race, isn't it? And I think that people just appreciate that, that they're still able to switch up the formula a bit. So this is the thing. Watching it is hunky-dory because you're like, yes, mama. But going through it, bitch, it is so stressful. But it's way more fun to watch from, you know, eight months later. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially when you've got charity shops, Sue, they're going, excuse me, lady. Excuse me, lady. You should be on the bloody tail. <laughs> I know. Icon. Absolute icon. And considering that Crystal had done her the week before, I was just like, yeah, talk about karma. <laughs> yeah. And throughout the competition, Scarlett, you have had a tumultuous few weeks, to say the least. I mean, with the girl group challenge... And your sister's oh, nominating you for elimination. Did you expect the competition to kind of get to you like this? Did you expect it to be this stressful? Not at all. I mean, I knew it'd be stressful. Obviously, of course, you walk into Drag Race and you know it's going to be stressful. But I guess, you know, I, I went on Drag Race because it is one of the best shows out there. And for a drag queen, it is the top of the top, isn't it? And you would be mad not to go on this show to help to get your career somewhere and also to get the validation from RuPaul is just an icon, you know, yeah. and Michelle, um, and you know, and all the other judges. But anyway, that being said, I understood that it was going to be a roller coaster. And, you know, I think that if you look at, I'm a huge fan of Drag Race. And I think if you look at kind of some of the queens that have had their journeys on Drag Race, I think the ones that are always stick out in your mind are the ones that are like, you know, you have a peak and then you have a crappy day and then you have a peak and then, you know, I mean, like, I as hard as it was when I was there, thinking back to it, I think that I'm kind of almost grateful that I was able to have such a, a ebbs and flows in the competition because I think it shows that I'm human. Yeah. You know, and I F up and I mess up and I'm extremely, extremely hard on myself and I'm a perfectionist and I'm bordering on OCD. If I, I haven't been diagnosed yet, but I'm pretty sure I do have it. And, but so, you know, it, I'm a perfectionist. And so, yeah, I'm really hard on myself when things don't go right. And, you know, a couple of things didn't go right, as you yeah. saw. And, uh, you know, the fallout from that was whatever it was. But even with that, the journey was so roller coastery. I felt like I was on Colossus at Fort Park <laughs> and banging my head together. So it was just, yeah, I'm just glad for the journey that I've had because, you know, it's boring. If I go in there and just consistently, yeah. it was like a drag machine, you know, it wouldn't be as entertaining. So, I, you know, I'm yeah. glad that I was able to give the drama and all that yeah. jazz. So. Well, exactly. I mean, the beauty of drag race is that these moments of kind of despair can do a little bit of a boomerang and become, you know, an iconic moment for a queen. Mm, exactly. Know? Look at Laganja. <laughs> so I'm just living off the back of my Laganja moment now, you know. And the thing is, I must say that even though, obviously, at the time it was difficult because the stress of being in the competition, but I want to be able to, like, you know, looking at that now, I realise it's an enjoyable moment because it's a part of the drag race, you know, yeah. process. And as hard as it was, you know, to fit to do and as hard as it was to watch, you know, I gave myself some time to process it and I realised that, like, you know, 
it's a part, that's what Drag Race is. If, if, if that didn't happen, then that episode wouldn't have been what it was. So, you know, you know what I mean? Everyone spoke about it, so... <laughs> As we know, the fans can get a bit heated whenever there's a little bit of drama and can flammer on the show. So what has your experience been like with them? You know, the online aspect of your fame. I'm not going to lie. It is a little bit difficult. And, you know, the thing is that, like I said, being on Drag Race is a roller coaster. So the the moments, the enjoyable moments are so ecstatic and so um, amazing. And then, you know, the down moments are, are really hard. They're, they're like two very kind of, what's that really posh word that I like to use? Um, dichotomy. <laughs> there you go. Um, they're two very end, opposite ends of the spectrum, you know. And and that's what the process is like going through Drag Race. You have absolute amazing highs and, and lows, you know. And, you know, a part of the lows are that not everyone's going to like you. And I understand. I, I will say this, you know, I'm, one thing about me is I'm very self-aware. The person that I saw in that untucked moment was a person that I, I didn't really... I was cringing because I don't like acting like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But... It was in the heat of the moment and, you know, things happened. And I really, honest to God, really kind of regret that moment, even though it is an iconic moment in TV, you know, drag race history. But I regret it because I don't like watching myself be angry and stuff, you know. And and I can understand where the fans are coming from, because if I saw that, I would, you know, I would probably think the same, you know. And it's just difficult. And I, I just wish people could understand how difficult it really is, you know. And... I reacted in a way that I wish I didn't, but it was just out of pure, utter stress. Yeah. And, you know, I said things that I wouldn't normally say because I was stressed. And mm-hmm. I just wish that people would understand that because, you know, I have got a little bit of negativity about it, but, you know, that comes with the territory and I knew that would be the case. So, yeah, I just want people to know that I understand where they're coming from. Oh, and make sure to visit gaytimes.co.uk to read the interview with Scarlett Harlow in full. On next week's episode of Drag Race UK, the four finalists will overact in the new sci-fi epic, Brawls. Omar, I'm going to pay homage to Scarlett Harlot now while I do this. Get up, my mother! Yes. Yes, I am. Ooh. <laughs> Bye. Snatched is a Gay Times original podcast. Subscribe and listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you're following at Gay Times on all major social media platforms for the latest LGBTQ plus news, culture, and entertainment. Loved this episode of Snatched? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Thank you for listening. <laughs>